Hey there, ho there, hi there. It's your favorite babes of retail. Um, we're back with hopefully an episode we won't lose halfway through. <laughs> but we're also back with a new episode of Riverdale. Yes. I'm Finally. Ken. Oh, I'm Janelle. <laughs> I just was going to blow right past fucking saying my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're very excited that Riverdale's back. I'm so excited. I just want to get into it. <laughs> also, there it was the musical episode, so cringy. Just Oh my god. No, I actually liked it, but, um, Cheryl's singing was kind of weird. Um, oh, we don't have to talk immediately about them singing, though. Um, the first thing I did want to note was, like, one of the first things that happens in the episode, they, uh, like, Kevin asks Jughead to be their videographer. Yeah, they thought that was very well. Yeah, I thought that that was, like, the the best position they could have put Jug in. yeah. Because, like, cause you, like, nobody could have pictured him in the musical. Yeah. He doesn't sing. No. It would have been weird. Yeah. And then they could have made him, like, a backup dancer like Tony. Yeah. But but that wouldn't have really made sense for him either. No. So. Yeah, he's not, he doesn't fit into the mold that yeah. is, like, the stereotypical. The high school musical. Yeah. Ugh, oof. Um, um, and then. The oh, ne- okay. So my next thing was, is Fred is going to offered to build sets for the musical. That was so cute. And I thought that was so cute, and it really shows him trying to reconnect with Archie, I think. He was, like, really trying to... I think that's the scene where, like, immediately after Archie goes to the car that Fred doesn't know about, That's what I thought, too. Yeah, he was like, yeah, they're sitting at the counter together, and he's like, hey, let me offer to build sets for you. He's like, that's great, like... Yeah. That's awesome. And he's like, thank you. Do you need a ride to school? He's like, no, I'm just going to take my bike. And then I was like, what the fuck, Archie? I'm so mad that Archie didn't tell him. Like, I assumed he would have. And I guess it makes sense that he did it. But if that had happened to me, I would have immediately told my dad. You know? Um, I would be too excited to hide it. And I'm exactly. also bad at hiding things. So there's just that. Yeah. Like, every time I watch Riverdale without Adriana, and I just blatantly tell her. Oh, oof. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um... But yeah, so then next was, it kind of rolls into the play, and I want to just point out, like, how well I think it was cast. Or, like, not well, but like how stereotypically. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, Archie's the boy next door, which mm-hmm. he literally is the boy next door. Yeah. Um, Betty's the good girl, because that's who she always is. Yeah. I well, roll. Okay, so, actually, let me say something. Um, well, I'll let you finish this, and then I'll go okay. back. Hold on, wait. Um, so, Betty's the girl, or, the good girl. Right. Then Veronica's the mean girl, which... Who didn't see that coming? So then Cheryl's Carrie White, like we knew she was going to be, because mm-hmm. um, she basically told him, "There's nobody else. Don't cast anybody else. It's me." Yeah. And then I love that he cast Alice as the mom, and that he was basically saying, "Like it only makes sense to have a mom, an age-appropriate yeah. person." Yeah. Exactly. that we didn't get a casting sequence. I was a little... I knew you were going to say that, too. I Because I remember us talking about it, and you were like, um, we didn't even see casting. I would have liked that. I think that would have been cool, and it would have given, like, some of the lesser characters a chance to shine. Like Ethel. Yeah, it would have set her up a little bit better, I think, too. Yeah. But also, when I was watching it with Adriana last night, we kind of veered off, because they do, you know, they do fit these, like, stereotypical molds for the characters, but we started talking about, like, um, what their alignment would be. Yeah. Um, 
I think I called it, because I like alliterations, I think I called it, like, classifying characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Benny would not be my, like, lawful good. No. Know? Betty, but that's because we know so much about Betty. Yeah. And so I think that's overlooked often because she is, on a surface level, a good girl. Like, yeah. Then you get a little deeper, and then that's when you see the dark Betty, and that's when you start to really get a uh, feel for who she is. I feel like, uh, like, actual Betty, like, not just surface level Betty, would fit into, like, lawful evil. I do, too. Absolutely. 100%. Good. Ten- yeah. Good. I-, I agree with that. Um, and then I was excited because Alice was a part of the show. And we kind of, so when we saw the preview leading up to the musical, mm-hmm. I thought maybe we were seeing the casting and like, it was like Alice trying to be involved in Betty's life, mm-hmm. like a little too much. Yeah, and then yeah. we saw that she's actually just a part of the show. Like Kevin told her, Hey, and I thought that was amazing. This. And I was like, okay, so I'm just, so as I'm going through my notes, I just wanted to say that Right immediately after we saw Alice a part of the show, I wrote down, what's going on with FP and Alice? I need to know now. And that goes, okay. I'm okay, really so I have that a couple things to talk later about on. with FP and Alice. Yes. If we want to go into that now, I'll go into it We now. can do it however you want. Okay. But I so, was just like, early on, I was dying to know. And I'm glad that they do touch on it later in the episode, because if they didn't, I was going to rip my freaking hair out. <laughs> my first thought is when... Um, Alice walks into Pops, and my initial thought was just, "Oh my God, she's wearing a leather jacket!" I know, and she looks, and she looks great, she looks so cute. Okay, 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 okay. So I'm, I like went through really quick. Uh-huh. Um, Alice called FP handsome and is now sharing details of her life with him, and she wants him to, to check out the, the show, show, and he turns her down. And then she said. We thought our kids were going to be the ones making mistakes. Turns out we're just making them again or whatever. Know, and so I, I said, what, what mistakes, mistakes are Alice and FP making? And then why is FP being, FP being so cold toward Alice all of a sudden? Because, okay, he so willingly lets her in his home. And then the next episode happens and he's all like, no. I wonder if, like, he's he's just, like, so hurt from something that Alice did to him in the past. Maybe. So, Maybe. like, he's, like, withdrawn because he doesn't want to get hurt again. Uh, Maybe. I have no idea. Or maybe it has to do with Joe's mom. Oh, it could. Like, she could have hurt him, and so, like, he's withdrawn, you yeah. know? I just, I can't picture FP as the bad guy. Um, so, in my mind, he's the one who has been hurt. <laughs> Let me see, they had another Alice and FP thing, too. Um, Yo, so I want to set up a hashtag while she's looking for this. Um, go ahead and tweet at us if you're hashtag Team FP or Team Hal. You know which one is the right one. <laughs> because um, Hal did not bring her flowers she wasn't allergic to. Oh, maybe we'll so get, mad. We'll get back to that, though. Anyway. Um, but then FP showed up to the show and... Oh, well, I guess we can talk about that in a minute. Okay, but so anyway, back to the beginning a little bit. Um, we both wrote down that Chuck is a part of the show now. And I really... So, watching the episode, I... Get, I like, I feel like they kind of cover a lot of good things during mm-hmm. the episode. So, like, they set it up a question, and they kind of answer it. Yeah. But Chuck, so I, I asked, uh, is Chuck really trying to change? Yeah, okay, so I had that question, too. I didn't trust him. And by the end of the episode, he uh, seems... Veronica says, like, oh, you know, uh, you've been nothing, but... She gives, like, a, a big word, yeah. chivalrous or something. Yeah. Like, I don't something that's completely out of place for a high schooler to say, and that was what I was getting to, like... It, I don't feel like a real high schooler would have just, been, like, reconciled their differences and been cool with him. Oh, yeah. You, like, I, they would have been petty forever. Oh, uh, yeah. 
But I also like that with Chuck, they didn't want to dwell on the, ooh, it's a jock in a musical trope. Like, we're just cool with that I'm now. glad you brought that up, because I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was great. Yeah. Like, it was no big deal. They just went... And the, same with Archie. The time of high school musical and glee is over with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Archie, too. And then I like that Archie acknowledged, once again, the, the tension in the friend group. Because yeah. it's so thick. Like you, and, but I mean, Betty's fucking shit talking was on point, okay, but also on camera, and that's not smart. <laughs> yes, but I also said that um, Betty has Veronica in a box as a mean girl, and yeah. I I'm just gonna touch on this really quick. Um, I really think that Veronica loves Betty, like mm-hmm. because um, because later in the episode, um, Betty. Uh, apologizes to Veronica, and Veronica still accepts her apology. And I think that, like, if it were somebody that I didn't love, like, truly love, then I'd be like, oh, forget you. Like, yeah. you really, like, you've done this twice to me now, and she forgave her twice. Yeah. And that, to me, that was like, oh, Veronica really does, like, love Betty, and I think she really does have a pure heart when it comes to her friends. Veronica so. would be a character that I, like... After a lot of contemplation, because I couldn't figure out where to put her before, I would put her as a true neutral. Yeah. Because I feel like oh, she absolutely. does whatever she, she needs to do for herself. She's kind of forced to be that way, though. Yeah. Her, with her parents, and then, like, the way her friends are, but, like, knowing, like, the, like, Nancy Drew side that is Betty. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Anyway. Um, but then I said, we both agreed that Cheryl didn't sound that great. Yeah, I don't know. I feel bad saying it. I do too. And, but Lily Reinhardt was surprisingly awesome. Yes. So and we've and we've heard um, Veronica sing before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, we knew that. But it was weird because I've heard Cheryl sing. Well, we we've, we've heard Cheryl sing. It's like part it of sounded the Pussycats. deeper. Yeah. Than it usually does. I feel like they tuned her a little bit. Probably, and they should not do that. If you're if anybody from the show ever listens to this, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> She's perfect. She sounded fine normally um and then tony is supporting cheryl and i think that's so cute i really like when um the sadness happens and cheryl gets kicked out of the play and uh like kevin without even knowing asking yeah, or anything just is like thinks she's at the bleachers and tony's like cool bye. peace out i'm like yes um the fact that cheryl almost gets hit with the sandbag so this takes me to a point that i said early on in the show before it was brought up in the show um which kind of leads up another point. But I think it's very symbolic because in Phantom of the Opera, the chick doesn't get switched out and she almost gets hit with one of the set uh, backgrounds. Oh, okay. And so then uh, the fact that Cheryl almost gets hit with a sandbag was like kind of similar and I saw that. Um, Adriana told me that that happens in Carrie. Oh, like I don't remember sandbag. that. But so, see, I haven't seen Carrie in a long time. I yeah. think I've seen it once. I've so, never I mean, seen it. Yeah, great. <laughs> so um, that happened, and I was just like, oh, Macbeth. And then I said, finally, Kevin has a, has an episode to himself that he's, like, actually a part of, instead of just, even though it's really still not about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I said, the alleged Black Hood sent letter to Kevin, kind of Phantom of the Opera style. So in the movie, um, the main character, her name is Christine Daae, and basically the Phantom says, like, Christine will play the role of the whatever, blah, oh, blah, blah. Okay. So then, um, except they want Cheryl to be booted from playing Carrie White. But if it's a mistake, like the letter states, who does the Black Hood want as Carrie? And that never gets 
put out in yeah, the episode. Exactly. And that, that was kind of irritating for me. Like, I'm sure the because, writers did it on purpose. Yeah. But, But like, how are we supposed to know that it was going to be Midge? Because he didn't cast an understudy until after the first letter was sent. Yeah. So, because Kevin says that he didn't cast the understudy until the sandbag incident. So, um... So, Kevin would, like, the Black Hood, essentially, wouldn't have known who Kevin was going to cast. Yeah, and it, and, and so, it also seems kind of out of character. Like, if I'm going to tell you not to do something... Now I'm, like, kind of concerned. Is Kevin the Black Hood? Well, okay, so what I was just talking about, like, off... Off, um... Uh, off, off mic. Off mic for a minute was Kevin cast Midge as the understudy, but he hates Midge because Moose is with her. Right. So did he cast her on purpose? And also, the scraps were in Ethel's room. So could he have placed the scraps to make it look like Ethel? Because everybody knows that Ethel is upset that Carrie, or she didn't get the role to Carrie. God, so I had never thought about this. The sheriff's son, perfect. Yeah. And, like, Kevin is there for everything. Everything, and he got he received the letter, and Betty he would have known that intimate detail about Betty's life. Yeah. Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> the color of Kevin's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um. But then Kevin asked Jughead not to tell anybody about the Black Hood uh, letter, and I yeah. thought that was like a little sketchy, only because first of all he recorded them talking about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then second, like, I think that's just kind of shitty. Like, don't tell anybody, but I just give you this crazy piece of information but of course he told betty yeah. so that's good um betty and archie play love interest in the play and that makes me so uncomfortable yeah especially okay i'm gonna tell you what made me less comfortable it was every time veronica did anything around chuck in character um, and like, chuck was like giving her the bone eyes the like laugh dance that she gives chuck i was yeah. like what are you doing? And he gave her total bedroom eyes. I'm like, oh, this is gross. Should I be creeped out? Archie, you're right there. You're not doing anything. Well, Archie's like, she's just acting. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then the outfits we talked about just with the preview. But the outfits were amazing and they continue to be amazing. Yes. I freaking love Betty's hair like that. I like I, I told you earlier again, but like I am just obsessed yeah, the pony, like, okay, the more we see her in as a character, the more I hate the ponytail. Yeah, Because I know. I've seen her with her hair down, like, multiple times now, and, and I'm she like, looks so, so cute. gorgeous. Yes, and the ponytail, like, doesn't do her justice, but I think maybe that's the point. Yeah. As, like, a girl next door, kind of make her look as plain as possible, because she's a beautiful person. I think they're, like, trying to keep her looking as, like, pristine and perfect, so, like, the ponytail, her hair kept back, yeah. and her stupid little, like, sweaters. Yeah. And then they continue to dress Veronica the same way, too. And I, I like the way Veronica looked, and it leads me even more to... I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, but, like, that I think her actress looks like she could play a younger Mila Kunis. Oh, you did not, but absolutely. Okay. And, um, I like... But seeing her in the 70s outfit, I'm like, yeah, you could play a Jackie. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then later in... The episode Hiram brings to light the fact that uh, Fred's campaign is built on family values, and yet he has none of his family by his side. And I said, poor Fred. But, I mean, obviously that works in the Lodge's favor, because they didn't do that to him. He basically, like, that kind of happened to him. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, Fred didn't even do that to him. But Um, but then... And then Hiram comes in, 
and boasts about the car to Fred. Like, knowing that he, uh, Archie wasn't ready to tell him about the car. Uh, and God. he's like, and, okay, so I said Hiram and Hermione are trying to drive a wedge further between Archie and his dad, and it's evil. Like, I feel like at this point, it's not even for the family. They're just being spiteful. Yeah. It's Oof. not going to help them. And then, God, that whole scene was so painful because Fred knew in that moment, like, Archie was trying to protect him. So he just went along with it. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's a nice car. You know, he tried to yeah. pretend like he did know the whole time. He said, it's a pretty sweet ride. And you're just like, oh, my <laughs> like, heart. Um, and then Jughead calls it out to be in the little Phantom of the Opera-esque, and I was screaming. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Uh, um, and then we get to the part with Ethel. Where Betty is not very good at being inconspicuous, and neither is Jughead, LMAO, um, because they were trying to record... That was the worst scene. Like, the least graceful thing those two have ever done. Ever. In the history of, like, anything stupid they've done. Yeah. The worst. Like, they're usually better than that. Absolutely. They're usually better sleuths. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Um, Also, I want to talk about... Josie and Cheryl. Oh, yeah, I was just getting to that. Oh, I, said, I get why Josie is upset with, upset with Cheryl, but is it necessary? Because, like, I can, and then I said, I legit can never tell how Josie feels about anything. Because she was all for being with Veronica, like, helping her out, and then gives Elf, Ethel all this information and has her make those flyers. Yeah. And I was like, wait, wait. like, two seconds ago, you were totally fine. by everybody. Yeah. And then she had no proof that Cheryl had actually done it. I mean, okay. Penelope, yes, but Penelope Blossom was a manipulative bitch. Yes. So, so like, that shit could have been fake. Yeah. And she was acting all salty, and then Cheryl confronts her, and then Cheryl admits to it! I know. She admits to that creepy pig heart thing! Yeah, but also Cheryl's like, I kind of don't, like, I kind of defend her a little bit, because it's not her f- Well, it, okay, she, she did a crazy thing, and she could have removed herself from the situation and been like, I probably shouldn't do this. But she does come from a pretty fucked up family. Yeah. Like, there's nothing normal about her family. I mean, true. And she says, you know, she was dealing with some dark, carry white like demons. But, like, also, ew. Yeah. <laughs> Cheryl. And then I just said that Kevin is so proud of his play, it's cute. And I don't remember why I said that, but I remember that it was because of, like, a specific reason. Was it the scene when uh, Alice walks off stage after singing her creepy, like, Betty song? And then uh, he says, am I directing a train wreck? I have maybe. Um, I thought that shit was funny. Let me see. Do I have anything? Um, and then I said Betty has such a bug up her ass for Veronica, but we kind of already touched on that. Yeah. But still, it's just, it's like a little upsetting. It was kind of frustrating to watch, to be honest. But also, I really liked the Smackdown. Yeah. Well, I think after that happened, I think that's after they had like the little firm. But then I said, is Archie a blind follower of Veronica actually dealing with things poorly? Yeah. Or, yeah, because... That's kind of hard. I feel like Veronica is doing the best that she can. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, is Archie, like, a blind follower as to, like, this is my girlfriend, so I have to back her up no matter if she's wrong or right? Or is it, like, I know the inside of Veronica's life, and I know that she's actually dealing with this, this, and this, and you need to lay off. I feel like it's the latter. I hope it's the latter. Mm -hmm. But Archie has been kind of stupid. So, like, in the past. Yes. I wrote this after he told him about the car. I said, Fred has such a cute and kind face. I want him to be happy and never hurt. And Hiram is trying to hurt him, and I don't like that at all. (laughs) 
And that, that just makes me think of, like, at the end of the episode, when Archie gets the car for him. <sighs> and Fred yes. is just like, alright, you gotta go. You gotta go to your plane. He looks like he's about to cry, and he's just so cute, and the perfect dad, and I love him so much. Yeah, I said Archie is trying to mend things with his dad, and I'm so happy about it. <laughs> and that just remains to be seen, because he's... Okay. Um, I wanna... Let's see. Okay, so... Oh, you know what? There was one scene, and there was one line, and it actually relates to this Hiram thing that we're on right now. Mm -hmm. It was, like, in my notes, it was directly after um, Hiram starts talking about, like, kind of drawing, like, creating more of a wedge between um, yeah. Fred and Archie. And then they, they cut to um, a musical number, the musical number that Veronica's singing, and her first line is, My daddy taught me you get nowhere being nice. And I was like, damn. I know. I was that's like, that's the realest shit. Oh my god, I know. And I was like, that's, well, that's just a little too perfect for her character. Yeah, right. Especially in that scene, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then, uh, this is skipping to a different scene, but we're almost <laughs> at the end here for, like, opening night, but Alice called Chick. Actually, and, that's um, so conflicting. Yeah, but I'm also, like, really happy that she was honest about it when Betty came down the stairs. She wasn't, like, trying to hide it. Yeah. You know? But that's really painful, and I feel bad for her, but also Chick is a creep. Uh, yeah. And also maybe still the Black Hood, because he was also there. Um. It's like freaking Clue. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I just thought it was weird that she called her, uh, I don't think I actually wrote about that, but, um, yeah. And then there's Cheryl, Penelope won't let her perform in the play. Oh my god, yes. And Cheryl says, um, that... She's, like, a dark phoenix, and that's, like, directly an X-Men reference, and I fucking died. <laughs> like, Cheryl would be a good Jean Grey, too. But also, because I hadn't watched Carrie, I didn't know that Carrie was telekinetic. Yeah. And the, like, Jean Grey slash dark phoenix telekinetic. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best comparison the show's ever made. <laughs> so what was just happening. <laughs> um, and then this leads kind of back to the Kevin possibly being the blackhead. Um, I said that Ethel is too happy about Cheryl not playing Carrie. But Kevin cast Midge as Carrie's understudy. I said, ha, Ethel. Yeah. But why, Kevin? Yeah, see, that's where I feel like the if it done auditions, that would have gone a little bit better. Because then we yeah. would have seen, like, at least we would have seen Midge audition. What? Yeah. And then, um... Also, is Carrie, like, a non-defined character in, like, uh, in terms of her looks? Because they didn't even give Midge a wig. <laughs> True that. Um, she's pretty... Def she's, like, a... She's, like, a white chick so i don't know all right um but it was then, weird to me that nobody had wigs because that's just not an accurate theater department yeah uh, um and then i'm back to tony and cheryl a little bit i said is tony gonna help cheryl get revenge on her mother because she was sent with her in the bleachers yeah. and she's like you need to stand up for yourself uh just because you're not carrie white doesn't mean you can't be carrie white in real life like or yeah. like in the play anymore and it's a little funny because they talk about, like, um, like Cheryl just nonchalantly is like, I'm not the same girl that burned down this whole house or Thornhill or whatever it was, Thornhill, and uh, cut off her mom's oxygen. And I'm like, oh, my God, I Cheryl. totally forgot about that. <laughs> forgot but, how vicious she is. Yeah, but then I do, I do think that, like, I'm glad they're acknowledging that because it did feel like they took her character from being badass. I'm not, like, I'm taking, I'm taking names to... What was me? Right back to, like, okay, Mom, like, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, um, but then Tony, like, encourages her to go and f go full carry 
in the prom dress with the pig's blood. Oh, uh, yeah. And then um, one thing I was like, they mentioned Hal and Alice. So this was after the irritating part with the flowers. Yeah. She's like, I need to talk to you. And then he said something about there being an unspoken thing. So I said, what unspoken thing happened years ago between Hal and Alice? And does that have to do with FP? Yeah. And then, so then after they talk and it's revealed that Hal didn't know who Chick's dad was before, but he knew, like, he felt like it wasn't him. Yeah. But she had never told him. Right. I, because I had assumed that, like, Hal made Alice give up Chick. Yeah. Because it wasn't his. I don't, now that just opens another door as to why he made her give him up. Or why Alice, like, got rid of him and, like, is it FP's? And she didn't want FP to know. <laughs> yeah. And Hal got Alice for, or Hal got Alice flowers for opening night. And she's allergic to them. But she did say, like, when she had her, like, breakdown crying of, whatever, that she always pushes people away and she doesn't want to push people away, and then she immediately pushes Hal away. Yeah, I was well, like, uh, I was like, he's trying, but whatever. Is she going to confide in him that she slept with FP? Oh, God damn it. But did they sleep together? I, we assume I so, so. But we don't know. Yeah. Um, and then I said that Hermione lodged glue to the back of the playbills is just, it sucks. It's just pure suckage. <laughs> when that scene came up and, like, he's like, oh, the playbills are in, and they're all looking at them, I immediately saw that ad and went, oh, that would have been a $500 ad at our school. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> okay, but, like, going back to Cheryl now. Yeah, so she asked to be emancipated and told her mom to give her and her nana the house. Yeah. And that her and her Uncle Claudius need to get out. And I... She said... You and Uncle Claudius are pig people and deserve to live like pigs. And I was like, damn, Cheryl! Yes! Yes! Um, and then one thing about Archie is we've learned that Archie tries to be, like, this big dude, right? So I just wrote, when will Archie learn that he is not scary or intimidating? Oh, my God, I know. He's just not there. Like, you, you just don't have that sort of personality. Maybe it's the red hair. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then... Okay, and then FP shows up to the show, and he's walking down the aisle, and he sees Hal, and he sees Hal and Alice uh, together and talking, and he left, and that cut me so deep. That hurt me so bad. I was laying on the couch like, oh, I'm surprised he left because honestly, I wouldn't. If I was in his position, I wouldn't have left. I would have like, I would have stayed, especially because he could have been like, oh well, I'm here to support Betty, you know. He could have played it off. Yeah, but he probably like he. Oh God. I wonder if it's just, like, too painful for him to see that Alice and Hal together, and so he couldn't stay. Oh. Hashtag Team FP. And then, um, and then it leads to the biggest plot twist that I did not see coming, because I was telling, I was telling Janelle earlier in the week that the episode was kind of boring. Not boring. No. I'm sorry. Not boring. But it was just missing something. And then the end happens, and it just, like, oh my god. God, Midge is freaking dead. <sighs> fucking stabbed to the wall. And it, it was interesting to me that Cheryl was the one who was like, can somebody help her? Yeah. But, um, God, yeah. I And I'm just like, I, okay, so I, I saw that scene happen and my jaw dropped and then the show ended. Like, the episode ended. Yes. And that was even worse than the scene itself. Yeah. And then, so then, now the Black Hood is back. Yes. And um, so then I said, why would the Black Hood kill Midge? Now I've introduced a new theory. And then also, oh, wait, because, okay, so they mentioned the preview, which we decided not to talk about this week because we just have more questions than we do. And we've already talked about this for 27 minutes. I'm so sorry. We knew we were going to talk about Riverdale a lot, but, you know. But we knew that, 
we ended up having more questions about next week's episode than like actual topics. But the they did mention in the preview that uh, he's coming back to get whoever he didn't get last time. Yes, and Midge was would be number one. Moose would probably be next because he missed Midge. When you know, remember in the beginning of the season there was that car yeah. scene. Yeah, because it was like the like Zodiac lovers lane kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so Moose is probably next. Dude, I'm I cannot wait for next week next week's episode because. It, oof, it just turned out so well. Um, so thank you for listening to our Riverdale segment. Uh, thank you for listening to our Riverdale podcast. <laughs> yeah, for real. But um, uh, real talk, we are going to continue to talk about other things for a little bit. So this might be a long episode, and I'm sorry, but you also, know what? Hopefully you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so let's do a Reddit. Reddit contemplation. Um, what moment in your life did you think to yourself, yeah, this person isn't my friend anymore? Okay, so I saw this one, and I immediately had a story for it. Um, this is really telling to okay. what I am as a human being. <laughs> but um, I had a friend post-high school, but I knew her in high school, mm-hmm. and we were, like, mutual friends, and then everybody else moved away for college. Okay. So the two of us, like, kind of became closer friends. And we didn't have a lot in common, but we worked on it. Like, she started watching Supernatural, and um, I read... Um, the Fault in Our Stars. Okay. She really loves John Green. And, um, so we had, like, a small friendship. And then one day, she suggested to me that we should go to Disneyland. And I was like, fuck, yes, we should go to Disneyland. So we planned, we made it happen, and then last minute, her stepmom, who she does not like, offered to go a day earlier and pay for the hotel room a day earlier if she could come with us. We were like, okay, well, yeah, we'd love to go to California a day earlier, yeah. so why not? And I asked her if she'd be able to handle her, and she said she would, and she did not. Her and her stepmom butted heads this entire trip. Um, at one point, her stepmom left uh, to go take a nap, that's in air quotes, at the hotel, and she came back drunk. Um, she was really bizarre and weird and, like, booping random people's kids' noses. Oh, God. Yeah. So it was super uncomfortable and obviously frustrated with her, but she was also making the rest of the trip hell for us. So, like, Nick wanted to go take a picture, my boyfriend, (laughs) wanted to go take a picture with Captain America, and so we were waiting in line for this, and, fuck, I shouldn't have said her name. Maybe I'll just edit that out. He said it twice. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, my friend uh, started throwing a fit about having to wait in line for so long. And I was like, I mean, we're going to take a photo of Captain America. And she's like, I'm just bored. This is boring. I hate waiting in line. I was like, okay, well, we can go do something else. So then the two of us went and did Astro Blasters. And she complained about how boring that was. And she complained about how Astro much her Blasters feet hurt. Astro Blasters is so much fun. What? And then she complained about how much her feet hurt. And Nick and I had never seen the fireworks at the end of the night, so the end of the night came, and we were literally five minutes away from the fireworks starting, and she decided that she couldn't deal with her stepmom anymore, so she just left and started walking away, and I wasn't going to let her walk through California by herself back to the hotel at, like, almost midnight. Yeah. So we left, and I missed the fireworks again, but this was not my final straw. My final straw came after this when we were getting our uh, books for next semester at school, and um, she, uh, God, we were in line waiting for the books. 
and like anyone who's gone to um, higher education levels knows textbooks are super expensive so we're waiting to get our books and she says to me this is just like Disneyland it's a long wait and I'm disappointed at the end and that was the moment I was like no we're not friends anymore (laughs) god it was just so frustrating and I love Disneyland so much yeah but uh do you have a moment like that um, mine's a little bit more serious, I feel like. Okay, so basically, um, when Dallas, my fiancé, and I started dating, um, his ex-girlfriend's family is a close friend of mine. And basically, um, that they weren't okay with us dating again. Oh. And I got this nasty message from her brother, or, yeah, from her brother on Instagram, basically saying, like, you're a low life. you're a piece of shit, you're just a fat piece of shit, you'll never be anything more of, like, any, okay, so whatever, right? So I call my friend, and I'm like, can you tell your family to leave me alone, please? And, like, I, I sound calm when I talk about this, but I was, like, hysterical, because I don't, like, it's I haven't so been so picked bad. on in a long time. So I was like, oh, this, like, came out of nowhere. And so then he comes over to my house, and we're talking in his car, and he's like, don't listen to my family, blah, 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 all this stuff. And, like, his mom was like, she said, like, I could hear her, and so he, like, hangs up the phone, and I think he was on the phone with her on purpose, but he didn't want me to know. Mm. And I was like, okay, whatever. So we were talking, and I felt better after we talked, right? And then I have another friend who's a mutual friend of both of ours who was like, you know that he told me that he doesn't even feel bad that his brother did that to you. Aww. Like, and he, like, kind of agrees with that. And that way, in the moment, I was like, yep. Aww. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, like, it was kind of a weird situation and I was just like I get it like it's his sister and like his brother so he's like on their side like I don't blame him but also I was like dude I've known you since we were in like the third grade yeah so thank you for doing that I guess but yeah it's just not something that you can come back from exactly and so like I've seen him like once or twice since and he he's not shitty towards me or anything but I'm just like in the back of my mind that's just looming there and I'm like <sighs> forget it like yeah. it's not even worth trying to be like I, I just it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, That's great. Good. So I mean, that was like the only one I could like really think. No, of, no, though. no, it works definitely. Um, so moving on to like our next thing is like we kind of like to go over what we watched over the past week, mm-hmm. and so we obviously go over Riverdale. But yeah. um, if we watched anything outside, like just by ourselves, we kind of do that too. So and um, we had taken a poll a few weeks back, and we started Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So um, I watch. Like, I watched season one, episode one, but I've seen the whole season before, so I didn't watch episode two this week, but Kim did. Um, and I have, like, notes that I took, but my, they're not quite as, they're not really that important, I can kind of go over them, but, uh, Nurse Claire, the Claire, Claire the nurse gets introduced this week. Um, I totally, because I had a week in between episodes, I totally forgot that a little boy got kidnapped at the end of last week. Oh, yeah. And so I was like... What is he, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then it starts to fall back together. And I was like, oh my god, how did I forget that? <laughs> um, and I like that, I don't know how long they do it for, but I like how in the first two episodes of the season, um, they go back into Matt's past life, or like, not past life, uh, early life. Mm-hmm. And they kind of show you like him after the accident, him going through um, like what he goes through with his dad. And in this episode, they also talk, they show that his dad was shot he finds his dad that's so devastating yeah. but it was amazing because his dad won the fight for him for him and they were screaming his name for him and it was like it was just all like best case until it was absolute worst case scenario yeah. 
I know. They do go more, and, like, they do follow Matt as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. throughout the season and series. Yeah. Like, you do see more of him, like, pre-where our show takes place, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I said Matt's, Matt and his dad's relationship is conflicting for me. But I think I like his dad's, his relationship with his dad so much because it's, like, his dad really was just doing his best with what he had. Yeah. And, and I think it's a little messed up, like, his kids patching him up at the end of the day and stuff. But, I mean, like... They only had each other. So whenever I think, like, oh, this isn't, like, necessarily right, like or, like, the like, picture perfect, then I think, well, they don't, this is how they had it. This is their perfect. Yeah. And then um, I think it'd be super cool to learn Bert. And was Matt's accident an accident? Um, it was, right? There yeah, was no because way. Because he saved a dude. Okay, yeah. Um, and then he, he uh, is in Claire's apartment, and the Russian guy comes around as a police officer. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because... Uh, you know, he can hear things that, like, obviously other people can't hear. So, like, heart rate and stuff. And he's like, he didn't believe you. So, he comes out. He rips the freaking fire extinguisher off the off the wall. And he's, like, listening. And he follows it, him, like, around the stairs and drops the fire extinguisher and just oh, hits yeah. him in the head. And yeah. I was like, that's amazing. And I thought he died. Um, side note, Karen and Foggy go out. And they're super cute. And... They are adorable. I know we talked about it before, but, like, I really hope that those two end up together over, like, Me too. and Karen. Um, but then they, uh, she kind of goes, they have the ration on the roof now. Yeah. And she kind of talks about how she knows about him. And, it, like, she kind of lists off the things he did for people. And she's a nurse, so she's come across as a few of, like, the people he's hurt or helped. Uh-huh. And it's. I, I said, um, Matt is doing great and really helping people because, you know, sometimes it's like, a, like in homecoming, it's like, I helped a girl, a lady across the street. And it's like, no, he's like actually like a vigilante. He's actually like, like out there doing some true heroism. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And isn't it in this episode, um, Claire like walks him through like how to appropriately torture somebody like without yes. killing them? So, um, he has him on the roof and he's like trying to get this information out of him. And he's like, I can tell when you're lying. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's talking about, like, this kid. Like, he's like, you can kill me, but there's just going to be another me after me. And, like, there's always going to be kids. And as long as, <laughs> yeah, as long as there's uh, people buying, we're always going to be selling. And so she steps in and basically says that there's this nerve, like, right above your eyelid. Mm-hmm. Or, like, right above your eye. And to go in from there. And he was so cute. He's like, how... <laughs> cute um he's like how will i know when i hit it and she goes oh trust me he'll tell you and then he does it and it was like end and and i think that's like because like daredevil is the first of the netflix marvel shows and like the first dark thing so i think that was like one of the first moments that like sets it apart like hey we're not like the movies yeah um and then you know he's going to knock the dude over the ledge and then he's like also i'm not doing this because He's like, I'm also doing this because I enjoy doing it. And then Claire on that later, and she's like, I don't really think you enjoy that. He doesn't really say anything, but also... I think, like, truly Matt's a good person. I think... Fuck. If I had to classify Matt, I think I would probably put him as, like, a lawful neutral. Yeah. Because I feel like he he's trying to do the good thing, but he's not afraid to do something mm-hmm. bad, you know? Yeah. And then, um... His devil in him. Where did Matt and Foggy meet? Um, I thought they went to law school. Okay. I can't remember. And then, um, when does he get the suit? Uh, that's not until the end of the season. Okay. And did he go red for his dad? Or oh, did he... I don't know. Oh, I don't know. 
Because when his dad got his uniform that he went to do the big fight in, it was red. Maybe. Um, and then, um, uh, they shot his dad, which I talked about. And then, uh, one of my favorite scenes in any TV show ever it, like, I, I talked about it before, but I love, like, just the cinematography of this show. And last week it was, like, the rain and the blood. And yes. this week it's the the hallway. Yes. Like, the hallway scene of him busting through all the doors. And it's it looks like it's one shot. It's probably not. But still. Well, I like that, yeah. Like, they don't follow him into the rooms. They just, you see him dodge into a room and then he comes back out and he's, like, still... Like, it was, like, the longest fight scene ever, though, and I really yeah. liked that. But I was, like, I hate sex trafficking. If you ever get me on, like, rolling onto a topic that is sex trafficking, I will not stop. <laughs> I, it, it, like, I hate it. I hate especially because of where we live, like, and it's so prominent yeah. where we live. It's, like, I hate it. So, like, when he, when one of the Russian guys goes into the room to feed the kid, and, like, you can hear him, and he's so upset, and he's so, like, just lost. It's, like, I'm going to kick some yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Also, one of the mobsters was wearing a tracksuit. What's with, what's with mobsters and tracksuits? But yeah. Uh, good stir. He I... saved the boy, and it was oddly cute and heartwarming. Like, he's walking out, and he has him, and it's like, fuck. And he so saved cute. him, like, despite having his ass kicked from before. Yeah. So. Um, and, like, a cracked rib. Yeah. I guess. Um, but I'm really excited to watch next week's, or the next episode. Yeah, the next episode. And then we'll talk about that one next week. Um, and then moving forward. So this week I watched Boss Baby for the first time. Um, I watched it on Netflix at work. So I missed like a couple parts, but like the general plot was all there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to talk about it a lot, but <laughs> there was one, like the general, okay, so like the basis for the plot is that like, the babies in heaven actually have like a corporation and so they're sending down in heaven like they're dead no 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 like like before they're born oh yeah oh my god um so they have a corporation and this corporation and is uh sending down the alec baldwin baby um to this family mm-hmm. because there's like a decrease in babies because people are buying puppies instead of getting having babies okay and they know that the puppy company is going to release this like end-all be-all puppy oh my god i knew that okay because like i've seen the like a few clips of it walking through the store Mm -hmm. and i always saw them dressed as puppies and i could not figure out why (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the puppy company or corp i think but anyway I thought that part is especially important because I keep seeing articles that are like, millennials aren't having babies, they're getting puppies. Or like, millennials don't want to buy houses for their babies, they want to buy houses for their puppies. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's real. I went to San Francisco and did one of those like bus tours, whatever, and they said that there's more dogs than there are children in San Francisco. Oh my god. Which I mean, makes sense because it's like a high gay population. But also... That's true. What the hell? <laughs> so many dogs. I love it, though. And, like, I always think that, too. Like, I felt like if I had a kid right now, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But I can't bring myself to buy a dog because I don't have a yard for a dog, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I have about Boss Baby. It was a good movie. It's super cute. Cute. Um, and then at the end, like... <sighs> It's kind of... It's, it's really cute. So, like, the beginning is a brother. Um, 
who like just is okay being an only child and that's pretty much the whole movie is he just wants to stay an only child he doesn't want this other like baby brother and then at the end he's like kind of want my baby brother back oh he's so cute so cute um Um, yeah so then last week we had a lunchroom poll and it was who's gonna end up on the iron throne so with the results in Jon snow came in at 33 percent the night king came in at 17 percent Daenerys came in at 17%, and no one ending up on the Iron Throne came in at 33 so we actually had a tie this Yeah, week, a two-way tie. I thought that was interesting. People were putting a lot of faith in Jon Snow. Yeah, I feel like... For somebody who knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I said this before, but I feel like Jon's going to end up on the throne, be- like, not by choice, but by everybody else yeah. being, like... Yes, I John, want you as you our ruler. You are the guy for the job. He's like, dear God, please no. He's like, you're there. You're the only one. He's and like, everybody no, else is like, yes, John. And he's like, oh, no, <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Yeah. Um, but this week, because uh, Infinity War comes out, we it's going to be a shorter poll this week just because Infinity War comes out um, Friday and we record this on Monday. So... Uh, who's most likely to die in Infinity War is what we're going to have. And I put in uh, parentheses other than Captain America because I feel like if we put Captain America, everybody's answer is going to be Captain America. Yeah. So our four options are Hawkeye, Loki, Nebula, and Drax. And Drax is one that I hadn't heard before today. Agreed. And actually, like, okay, I would have put all my money on Hawkeye before, but now I feel like it could be Drax, you know? Yeah, well... Because, that would make sense. Yeah, because we read an article and it said that Drax has a bone to pick with Thanos because he killed his family. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Because, um... It was a huge plot point in the first movie, but we watched the second one more recently, and that was They not... only talk about it, like, once, and that's when yeah. they're on Ego, and that's it. Oh, God. Yeah. So, let us know. Um, that'll be up on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Um, and then I'll link it on Tumblr as well. So, um, we'll do another Reddit. Yeah, sure. Um, So another one we had for Reddit contemplation was, what TV show do you always end up going back to regardless of how many times you've seen it? Okay, so when I was going through this thread, because I was The Office, but I wanted to see how long it took until we got to The Office, like, in thread. And it was actually pretty far down. And some of the other shows, um, I kind of agree with. Like, Parks and Rec was above it. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine... Okay, good Which is kind of cool. Um, Scrubs. Oh, that's Dallas's favorite show. He watches Scrubs, like, nonstop. That was a show that was Nick's favorite show, actually, too. Yeah. And um, I watched it for him initially, but then, like, just kind of fell in love with it on my own. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's so I good. I know. Yeah, you'll love that one a lot. <laughs> I think you'll really love JD and Turk's relationship. You've probably I've, seen internet yeah. things. Yeah. Um, Dak Shepard interviewed Zach Braff. Oh, right. And it was interesting to hear, like, they're all still friends off the show and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. Yeah, and they, like, tweeted each other. It's super cute. Yeah. <sighs> Damn. Scrubs is a good show if you haven't watched it. Also, because you said tweeting at each other, get to, getting back to Riverdale really quick. Oh, yeah. Um, Cole... Oh, no, Dylan Sprouse tweeted Cole Sprouse and was like, if you had sung in that episode, you would have never heard the end of it. And Aww. I was like, I live for just them talking to each other. Oh, that's, um, that's the most brotherly thing I've ever heard. It's so cute. Um, but yeah, the one show, and I don't know why, 
but specifically season one of American Horror Story oh, yeah. is like one of my favorite seasons of any show ever. So I've I've rewatched that so many times. I can't even. I watched The Office with like out even fucking thinking about it. Like today, what was I doing? I don't even know. I was doing some sort of chore and I was like, oh, I'm gonna put on The Office. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of my favorite things for sure. Yeah. And that I didn't finish that first season of American Horror Story, but I really liked it. We got to the two-part episode that I think was like Halloween. That's like four episodes in. Yeah. Well, Nick said that we couldn't watch the one on its own. You had to watch both of them together, and then we never had time to watch both of them together. So it's been four years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been like. No, I just mean since we watched oh, it. Oh, jeez. It's been longer since it aired, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we decided that we're not going to talk too much too in detail about our finer things segment, which would be um, this month, Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, but we do want to make a couple notes about it, and then we're we're considering doing a separate podcast. We just haven't it. really decided if we're going to do that yet. We're just, we're just trying to see how it works. Like we might do a test run after this book, but it'll be like its own separate episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we do want to make a couple notes. Um, so for me, pages earlier. So we'll do yours first. Yeah, so for me, it's on page sixty-nine, which is the if I can get to it. That was the, beautiful. Thank you. The second page in chapter seven, and so keep in mind that I said chapter seven, and my note is. I'm a little peeved that it took six chapters to get any sort of explanation as to how he found the copper key, but I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And if you're reading the book, like, you know that he found the copper key, and, like, you're just trying, you're waiting, but there's so much setup as to, like, leading up to it, but I really kind of appreciate the setup. I'm only a little peeved that they didn't, like, leak it into it a little bit more. Yeah. Because you kind of forget, like, why you're reading about this guy's story. And then chapter seven happens, and then you're like, oh, my God, everything's hitting the fan now. Yeah. But I, I appreciate it, but I'm also like, okay. I wish they would have gone a little bit faster. Just remind me a little bit about it. Like, go back to it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's all. I did like the world bit- building, though. That I did, too. In those first Absolutely. Six I think they did a great, he did a great job. But it was just, like I said, just a little bit more is okay. Yeah. And then mine is on page 76, and it's not... Um, so much as like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but basically you get to the end of chapter seven and this is the last page of chapter seven. And, um, it's when he's now moved, like he's about to enter the tomb of horrors, which is the first trial that'll lead him to the copper key. And all of the passages leading up to this moment just had my heart racing so my comment is literally like my heart is literally racing as if I'm playing the game and that's how I felt I felt like I was in the game and you you know you're at that point where like the game will auto save and you're like what the fuck yeah yeah absolutely and then that's when you know it's like playing Outlast and then the game auto saves and you're like okay well I'm I'm gonna go to bed now yeah exactly um it happened to me a lot in Skyrim like the game would auto save and I'm like what is on the other side of this door (laughs) yeah um and that's kind of how I felt like going back to mine a little bit like leading up to chapter seven it's a little slow it's not boring and it's just like okay you know we're getting we're getting the feel of it and then chapter seven hits and you can like not read it fast enough yes and mm. like that was the one that was supposed to be my one chapter today yeah and then i just kept going yeah it's that was so that good. was my one chapter today which is kind of funny that we both were on the same chapter on the same day yeah but um 
<laughs> but I had to stop before work, so I'm going to go and read after I get home from the gym. It's good, dude. I read until the resolution of um, that. Okay, okay. And then, like, there's a little bit more. Um, yeah, anyway. So, it's good. I'm it's sorry. real good. I I love this book so much more than the movie. I like the I love this book so much more than I thought I was going to. I yeah. really didn't I didn't think it was going to be boring, but I really didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah, I'm glad this was our first book because like it it makes me excited to read again. I know, but I'm also like nervous that we're going to read another book and it's going to be it's like be crap. not as good. Oh, I'm so nervous. I think Gerald's game will be good. I hope hopefully. so. I don't know. Stephen King's writing is kind of hard for me. Stephen King's writing is hard for everyone because he goes through the phases of when he was doing drugs or when he was drinking a lot and it's like so like it people are were going crazy about the movie right mm-hmm. but Stephen King when he Stephen King has said in interviews that he doesn't even remember writing like half of that book god because he was so drugged up or so liquored up so it's like that's really sad yeah but his like writing is great like his what he, he produces great material but I have no idea if this book is gonna be any good and that's what mm-hmm. makes me nervous because I suggested it and I was so excited about it <laughs> and now I'm nervous but whatever I think it'll be good I hope um, so I had to read The Stand for my um, dad was like you should read this book and he pa- he hands me this little paperback copy of it and it's oh, like this God. thick oh, yeah that no. was the same one I had yeah I had that thick ass like 500 page copy like the, the paperback copy of The Stand and I had to read it for class and I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. I read, like, exclusively pretty much the section that I had to yeah. for my class. Because I had to give a presentation on it. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I never read it, but, I mean, maybe one day. Yeah. But that thing is so long. It's like a Game of Thrones book. So, you know what's, like, more enticing to me? Mm-hmm. I was in um, a comic book store one day, and they actually have a graphic novel version of the stand, this, of the stand. yeah, oh. and I was like, shit, that would actually was be it cool. really big too. There's like five volumes. I mean, I'm I think I'd get through that better than I would actually act- the actual book though. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah. Um, eh, I think we can just plug. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter at Babes of Retail, and follow us on Tumblr at Babes of Retail Podcast. And if you want to message us. Um, you can always message us in our DMs there, or you can send us an email at babesofretail at gmail.com. Yes. Don't for to forget to participate in the lunchroom polls. Um, and send us your hashtags. Are you Team Howl or are you Team FP? Yeah, we'd love to hear. We're totally not going to judge you on your answer. <laughs> it better be Team FP. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, well, uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Bye.